My name's Angelo, and welcome to We Want Picks. We have an off week. No fights this weekend, but Jakey and I. But we never quit. There's no off weeks for us, Angelo. For you, for me, there is no off weeks. Ever. So we said, let's do an early look at the main card for UFC Vegas 44. And honestly, I'm glad. I hate skipping entire weeks. I fall out of a rhythm. Even doing this on a Wednesday instead of a Tuesday, I feel like I'm out of – it feels like it's been weeks, even though – it's the exact same normal thing, just minus one day. So we're going to freestyle this. We are going to break down the entire main card for UFC Vegas 44. We'll talk about some potential bets. We'll talk about who we think is going to win, how we think they're going to win. We'll break the whole thing down for you. But we're going to be a little more casual about it because next week we're still doing the full card. We'll interact with the live chat. We'll hang out. Before we do anything, please go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. Jump into a promo. Sign up. They will instantly match your deposit. And then I will send you $50 as a thank you for supporting us and supporting our partners. Jakey, coming off a great week. I'm going to brag real quick, Ooh. and then I'll pass over. I went 10-1 and one on picks. Insane. I'm going to brag. That's insane. I went – I hit every single bet that I placed. Amazing. Up units. The streak continues. Moneyline streak continues. Women bets continue. I had a wild week, and you nailed a four-unit blind. Patty, explain it. Patty Sabatini, my guy, back-to-back lock of the week wins. I'm getting. I'm telling you what, because before I was like dead serious about lock of the week, and then it started getting a little sloppy. We started just kind of throwing names out there. We were having a lot of fun with it. I honestly think that I'm going to start locking it back down and going into the new year, we're going to get a, a crazy streak going because it starts back up with Pat Sabatini. We're going to finish a lock of the week with this car. We're going to find out who it is and we're going to get this train rolling again because um, I haven't seen a lot of lock of the weeks in the chat lately. Uh, I've seen a few loss of the weeks. Um, I, think <laughs> people, I think, I think people have forgotten how good I used to be at picking underdogs. So I'm going to remind them. Um, starting last week with Pat Sabatini, and it's going to continue this week, and we'll see who that lock of the week is. Well, good. I don't know. Like my, the lighting is weird on me. It looks plastic. I don't know what's going. Oh, you on. look fantastic. I think. Thank you so much. You know what it is? I've been losing weight. Nice. Um, I have not, and actually, I'm drinking because it's been a week. Anyway, real quick before we dig into this card, and I promise you, we will. I was on Ketlin Vier. I was on it all week. I put the bet on. I told the whole world to pick it. I. I laughed at MMA Junkie as they all went on the other side. I know you picked Misha Tate to win, but legitimately watching that fight, when it was all said and done, did you score it for Misha Tate? No. I had it for Misha 3-2, to two, I think, um, thinking back. I know it was a lot closer what people thought because I didn't. I think one judge might have had it 4-1 uh, for Ketlin. Yes. Um, but I, I, I thought it was a lot closer. I, I just didn't think that Ketlin was doing enough and I honestly, if if Misha's face wasn't so beat up, and obviously there's a reason <laughs> it was beat up, right? Because she was getting hit in the face. Her head movement was awful, but she was pressing for that entire fight. And some optics, you know, some judges see those optics. Yeah. And I think that if her face wasn't quite beat up as much as it was, that she could have got a couple more uh, rounds out of the judges. Because I think she was the one pressing forward. She was the one engaging the action. Um, and Ketlin just really wasn't doing anything. So Ketlin is like, once this title shot now, and she is a very good fighter. It's, it's, it was very clear that Ketlin was a better fighter than Misha, but she just didn't didn't just show anything really. Yeah, yeah, she just really didn't. She wasn't aggressive. She, so if you want a title shot, you cannot fight like that if you want a title shot because that's next level. You, like, yeah, it worked for Misha, 
but it's not going to work on that next level. So well, it was uh, interesting because she was gun shy, but she defended every single takedown with ease and her hands were exactly where she wanted them to be every single time. So yeah, she was definitely better. Yeah, and and, and MMA, that, MMA, that, that fight stance too. I think Angelo mentioned it. Too. I was that, just, it was like, I she was like she, fighting like this the whole time, just like no, leaning. She it was fought, so weird. It was like, I'm so glad you brought that up Enbe, because I said it to like our group chat, like in uh, like our text group chat. And I was about to mention it right now. It was the weirdest thing. She honestly looked like TJ Dillashaw, like bending over big. Without the movement. Yeah. Without the movement. It was so strange. But it was was this. And then it was jab, jab, jab. She was a step behind on everything. The takedowns looked miserable. I, I was shocked. I, I, you know, you guys watched the recap. Hopefully, I laughed in MMA Junkie's face. I was. Sh- they have thirteen professional writers. Not one of them pick. Not one. Not even to be different. So let's jump into this card. Listen, the card's not final yet. We don't have DraftKings numbers. We're going off tapology, but we are going to do the Mickey Gall Alex Morono fight because. And I, I, re- I requested this fight he because did. this is another former lock of the week, and I wanted to talk about lock of the weeks. Um, so you can go ahead and start breaking down this fight, and then we'll we'll get into uh, Mickey and Alex. And obviously, we're going to do the full card breakdown with DraftKings with Monkey Knife Fight. That information is just not available yet, so that's why we don't have it. But next up, I guess first up. We have Alex Morono versus Mickey Gall. Alex Morono, 20 and 7 overall, 3 and 2 in his last five. Mickey Gall, 7 and 3 overall, 3 and 2 in his last five, alternating wins and losses. Alex Morono, right? We know him. He's interesting because I've said this before. If you watch his tape, the dude is an animal. And if you watch some fights, he looks like he's absolutely unbeatable. His striking is clean, he's got really solid grappling. He's always like positionally where he should be, his feet are where he should be, his body's where he should be. And then sometimes he'll just go out there and just be an absolute dud. It doesn't make sense. He is very hot and cold. But he started this little streak, right? He came in on crazy short notice against Donald Cerrone. Absolutely blew the brakes off of him. Uh, then he just beat David Zawada a few months ago. Um, you know, so it's 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 a uh, He's hot and cold, so I have to trust that he's hot, right? He's been hot two fights in a row. I have to trust he's hot and he'll stay hot. Mickey Gall, Jacob had him in his last fight. I think you're the only person on the planet that thought Mickey Gall was going to win his last fight. Uh, Pretty good grappler. Uh, He's got decent submissions, uh, both on top and off of his back. What's interesting about him is he feels raw. Like, he feels like he's young and figuring this out, but he has been in the UFC for a while uh, when he gets on top, he's got good pressure, but he only has 28% takedown accuracy. Stand-up, not great at all. And honestly, if it wasn't for CM Punk, and he stayed on the regional scene, developed his skills, took the time, buttoned it up, he'd be a legitimately good fighter. But he was just rushed into the UFC, rushed into this spot. And it's, uh, you know, I, I feel like he's stuck competing at a level higher than he should be. To me, straightforward pick. I'm going Mickey Ball. I'm going with nope, nope, nope. I'm I'm going with Einstein MMA for my lock of the week with the five spot. That's my lock of the week. Einstein MMA in the chat with a five spot. Always great info. Appreciate it, Einstein. Thank you. Very, very, very appreciate. Did we get an alert on the screen? Did I not see it? Uh, I did not. And there it is right now. Thank you very much, Einstein. It's very appreciated. Yeah. So anyway, pick his Alex. 
Yeah, I'll start. Yeah, I'll start breaking this down because originally I thought I saw Mickey. I saw him as an underdog. I saw how well he looked in his last fight. And I thought, here we go again. We had Pat Sabatini back to back lock of the week. We're going Mickey Gall lock of the week. And then I started just looking more into Alex. And to me, honestly, Alex is a guy that when I watch tape on him, when he fights, I feel like he should never win. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I feel like his, his striking is a little bit sloppy. He's actually like a second degree black belt. And he actually openly, openly admits that he doesn't really like grappling as in, in a fight. Obviously he like if he likes it in, in war in practice and he likes training it because he got all the way to second degree black belt, black belt. But when he's in fights, he doesn't really want to grapple. And he said in this fight, he expects Mickey to grapple. He says, I hope he kickboxes because if this is a striking match, Alex is going to win. Right. Uh, but again, if this is a grappling match, Alex is also a second degree black belt. He said in an interview that as an MMA grappler, as a UFC grappler, they asked uh, Alex to rate Mickey from 1 to 10. And he said, ah, you know, I don't really want to put a number on it. And then he said, eh, probably about a 6 or a 7. He's not scared at all of Mickey's grappling. Honestly, I think he probably should be because Mickey's kind of one of those – not tricky. hasn't been doing jiu-jitsu his whole life and isn't like an accomplished uh, grappler. I think he only got his black belt maybe like a few years ago or something – but he's just one of those sneaky guys that I think he is second in the UFC in the division, maybe in um maybe in the whole UFC with like the second most rear naked choke finishes in the UFC. Um, so he doesn't have that ability. Here, here's the big thing for this fight. Mickey Gall has to end up on top. He he has to grapple, but he has to end up on top. If he tries to just pull guard or try to grab Alex's neck. And just so he can get in that position, because he will chase guillotines, right? So he'll, he'll chase it and pull guard to, to get you there. If he does that against Alex, he's going to be in a world of trouble. So Mickey's got to use his wrestling. He, he was a high school wrestler. He's not really a wrestler. He doesn't have great takedowns. You mentioned the percentages. 28%. He's got to use his wrestling. He's got to get a takedown, but he's got to end up on top. He can't do the one of those half takedowns. Oh, 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 here's a neck. Let me jump on a neck real quick to try and pull guard because he's going to lose rounds. He's not going to be able to get up against Alex. He's too good of a grappler. Um, you know, and, and, and Alex will get taken down, right? So against, uh, Jordan mean, he was taken down three or four times and Jordan means only got a 58% accuracy in, in takedowns. Um, and then against Kita Nakamura, he was also taken two down, uh, two times. So he can't get taken down. Mickey's got to go all in for the takedowns and, um, you know, when we'll see what happens. So I, I originally, I liked Mickey. But I'm a little bit hesitant on, on him in this fight because even in that Jordan Williams fight, when he got the submission, he didn't really get a takedown. He kind of hurt Jordan with the striking and then was able to get on top of him. And I think he even pulled a, a guillotine on in, in that fight and ended up being able to scramble. But he's not going to be able to scramble against Alex. So uh, my long-winded answer is I don't know about this fight, but I'm starting to lean towards Alex. Well, and we're going to do our full, our full, full, full breakdown right. um, on our normal schedule next Tuesday. Honestly, if we didn't just see Mickey Gall pull off that upset in his last fight, this would be the most straightforward pick on the entire card, honestly. But he did look pretty good in that fight, and he did pull that off. Um, I do think Morono, better striker, better wrestler, better grappler. The stats tell that same story, especially striking. So Mickey Gall has a negative striking differential of two to three, which means he is hit three times for every two that he lands, where Alex Morono is a five to four. He lands five, gets four. Honestly, Alex Morono, the volume, the pressure, I think he's better everywhere. He's the pick. 
Um, let's catch up on some live chat here. And the pressure too, while you, while you, while you catch up on that. Um, Mickey Gall does not like when someone's in your face, right? No, he, he, needs to dictate. Uh, I, I, he you saw that against Mike Perry too. Obviously the last fight he handled it and he was able to hurt Jordan and get the fight to the ground. But when you're in his face, he is constantly backing up, backing up. Mike Perry just got in his face and he couldn't do anything about it. I could see Alex doing that same thing and Mickey taking some desperate shots and, and, and find himself in some trouble. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. So Nicholas Lee, you said he liked the new layout, but we need Reach. Two comments here. One, I think Reach is the most nonsense statistic you will ever see. Too many people put stock in Reach. I have seen so many people do breakdowns. Fighter A versus Fighter B. Fighter B has a one-inch Reach advantage, so Fighter B is going to win. It is absolute nonsense unless the fighter knows how to use it. We just broke down what's-his-name last week. He knows Sean how Woodson. to use it. Sean yeah, Woodson, Sean a Woodson. long boxer right so he knows oh, exactly. how to do, yeah he knows how to use it the reach here is 100 meaningless neither one of these guys know how to use it but the second point is this graphic looks like this because we don't have the DraftKings stats we don't have the monkey knife fight information this is a placeholder because we're doing an early breakdown your next point was what's the over under round lines haven't dropped yet so sports books yeah, don't this have fight round is not lines. saturday guys yeah, this is next week. So yeah. sportsbooks haven't dropped the round lines yet. We do have the odds. If you like these odds, similar to the story I always tell, if you like these odds, hit them because we're still a week and a half out. They will move as people get after Thanksgiving and start to look at this stuff. So if you like one, hit it. Chris V thinks Morono by KO. It's possible. Mickey Gall is tough, and, I, and I'm closer to agreeing with Jesse who says this is probably going to go three rounds? And I, have, I have, I, and I have two more points to make that are, that are in my notes. First of all, this was this fight was I guess supposed to happen in 2019. There was like a a fight that dropped from Moreno or something happened where Moreno got a call and said, "Do you want to fight Mickey Gall?" And he said, "Yeah, I'll fight Mickey Gall." And the fight never materialized. So this almost happened a few years ago. And also, I watched an interview. This is very important. This might be the most important fact. This is one of those. What, what, what did that guy comment on? Jacob's uh, strategy Jacob system, and it's you using anything except fight knowledge. To right, and this, I mean, this might be the most telling thing I've ever seen in my life. So Alex Moreno, in an interview, in the background, you can see, you kind of see a box in my background. He had a box laying against his uh, wall, all right? And the box was a big screen TV, okay? Big screen TV in a box, still in the box. What does that tell me? That tells me he bought a big screen <laughs> and he is training so hard so and is so stupid. focused on training that he is not even, if I get anything right, Angelo, you open it up immediately. I got a vacuum the other day. I opened it up and vacuumed my entire apartment, two bedroom apartment, fourth floor, top floor. I vacuumed the entire thing. This guy hasn't even opened up a big screen TV. He's focused, man. He's focused. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's just nonsense. So uh, real quick, Nicholas Lee, again, with you said Alex plus three and a half on the cards. Here's the thing. The plus three and a half bet, which I hit last week with Michael. That would probably be like minus 400. It's, yeah, you don't ever plus three and a half the favorite, right? You plus three and a half the underdog. It's uh, it, What I did last week with Michael Chiesa is exactly where you use the plus three and a half. I knew Michael Chiesa was going to lose that fight. I was positive he was going to win at least one round. I was almost positive it was going to be the third, and that's what happened, and I got paid. He was a two-to-one underdog, but I got plus, what was it, minus 100. I got even money. So you get worse odds, but there is insurance there. He only had to win a round, not the fight. So 
that's where you use the plus three and a half. If anything, this could be a minus three and a half if you think Alex Morono wins every single round and doesn't give one up on the on the scorecard. The only place you're going to get those prop bets, wewantpicks.com slash bets. We have three betting partners. Bet Online is one of those three that not only will they match your deposit, I'll give you 50 bucks, but they have the best prop bets for MMA, period. All sorts of insurance bets that you won't get anywhere else. Um, Let's see. Hype said, haven't been on MKF in over a month. Got to get back on it. Listen, if you watched last week, you saw that I put $100 on Thursday Night Football. It's not a football channel. I'm not even a football guy. But what they've been doing for Thursday Night Football, maybe they'll do it again tomorrow, is they do quarterback versus quarterback passing yards. They take one of them and they set the line at one and a half yards. So that's an easy over. All you need to do is figure out if you want more or less than the other guy, and you triple your money in football. So it's basically a 50-50 shot to triple your money. So check that out. And if you um, ever see Carson Wentz on there, you always take the over. Okay. I did just watch a park and rec clip with uh, Andy going on and on about the Colts. And Jacob's from Indiana. Wow. If you can't tell. Don't bring that up because that has Andrew Luck in it, right? And then uh, we don't like to talk about Andrew Luck. <laughs> son of a All bitch. Right. Well, moving on. This fight, if you guys are true OGs and you've been a part of this channel since we started, which is only nine months ago, you've seen us break this fight down twice and you watch Jacob literally hyperventilate while looking at the graphic and talking about these men's physiques. He had actual heart rhythmic issues and he had to cool I know on, on this one too, this is this graphic. You're like a little too zoomed in. We got to see the whole, I got to see the whole picture. <laughs> if you're going to do the graphics, you got to stack these boys up sure. and we got to see the whole thing. I bet. I bet. Anyway, this fight, as I mentioned, this was supposed to happen, I think three times or, or this is the third time it was supposed to happen. We had COVID on each side of this. They're finally meeting in the middle. We have seen them fight since the original matchup. And because of that, honestly, I flipped on my pick. Because we have watched them fight independently, we watched Alonzo Menafield fight twice since they were supposed to fight each other. We watched William Knight fight I don't twice. Who your, I don't remember who your original pick was. Yeah, well, and you're going to have to wait. Um, and after watching both of them and seeing the improvements that they made, I have flipped my picks since the original breakdown. So Alonzo Menafield, great power. And a lot of this is going to be both of them, right? Alonzo Menafield, great power, great takedown defense. He is always looking to take your head off with every single punch. Historically, the knock on Alonzo Menafield was his cardio was absolute trash. We've seen him gas out. He was closer to first round and bust than anything. But in his last fight against Ed Herman, he didn't slow down. He went 15 full minutes, full gas tank, no issues whatsoever with a solid pace. He has power. He has speed. He has athleticism. Takedown defense, and if you add in the cardio, Alonzo Menafield is a legitimate problem. William Knight, similar story. They're, they're very similar fighters with a couple of tweaks. So he obviously has incredible power. He's obviously incredibly explosive. He also throws everything with intent. But unlike Alonzo, he actually never had cardio issues. William Knight had phenomenal cardio. And that was the original breakdown was, I think William Knight wins because of his cardio. Now Alonzo's got some cardio. It, it sort of changes the dynamic. Um, the difference between them stylistically is William Knight has a wrestling background. I'm from Connecticut. William Knight's from Connecticut. He's a Connecticut wrestler. I'm a Connecticut wrestler. I'm a little more accomplished, but hey, that's 
separate whoa, conversation. Stop, whoa, whoa, whoa. Separate whoa. conversation. Whoa, stop the train. High school wrestling. Stop but the no, train. He, he wrestled in high school in a good state. Josh Locks, yeah, my man. Pots and pants. Thank you very much. Look, it's a gif of Angelo. That's crazy. How'd you get, how'd you get that? That didn't even show. How did that show? Oh, did you donate that? It's was Angelo that going victory. It looks just like him. Well, thank you very much. Um, anyway, William Knight, wrestler with an actual wrestling background. Um, where Alonzo has phenomenal wrestling defense, William Knight uses his wrestling offense, but it's only 53% accuracy. That's a lot of shots. That's a lot of shots because he averages three takedowns per fight. So I mentioned I flipped on my pick. I originally went with William Knight based off of Nick Newell's commentary, who knows him, William Knight, personally and trains with him and all that, based off of his cardio. Um, but Alonzo Menafield added some cardio. We've seen him get two nice wins. Both of these guys beat Fabio Charant, so that's pointless. But we watched Alonzo Menafield beat a tried-and-true vet in Ed Herman, and we watched William Knight get manhandled, manhandled by, um, what's his name? He was da just taken down. Da Un Jung took him down a hundred times and it was a bad look. Now, Alonzo Menafield is not going to be trying to take William Knight down a hundred times, but it was still just a bad look to watch him just be, he was out physical. He wasn't out technique. He was out physical. That's a problem. I flipped my pick. I'm going Alonzo. What do you think, buddy boy? Have you calmed down? Have you seen this enough? Where? Yeah, there. I told you the picture's a little too zoomed in. So later, <laughs> I'll have to do my own research with the uh, with the other pictures that we used to have up. But um, you know, here's what I have in my notes. So I, each fight, I'm gonna have like a sentence. Last fight was can Mickey Gall end up on top? Right, he's got to end up on top. This one is Menafield has got to stay out of the firefights. Right, he's the more technical striker. He's the more clean fighter. He's got to just just dance around and just make this just a nice, easy fight. Because if you get in the firefights with William, you saw what happened um, in his last fight. William Knight is a powerhouse, but he's not very technical. Even in his defense, you saw that in, uh, was it, was it uh, Sharon? Yes, the Sharon yeah, fight. They both, they both stopped Fabio Sharon differently, but they both Right, stopped. right. But that, that Fabio Sharon fight, it, it looked like Sharon was probably going to knock out William at some point because William was a lot of just head straight back, just a lot of just lunging straight back, and Sharon was just missing. And you could tell Sharon knew that he was just missing because finally he said, screw it, I'm going all in. And it looked like he was about to knock William out because William was against the fence. And William was with the off the back foot, the shortest shot I've ever seen with the most power. I've never seen a shot that short with that much power, just absolutely flatlined them. But William Knight, with the way his action of just straight back, chin up, that's going to be a problem. But Alonzo cannot get lungy, right? If he starts getting lungy, it's going to be the same result. William Knight's going to catch him with that short little shot, and he's got so much in power that he's going to drop him, right? The one thing I did notice in looking at William Knight's record, this dude actually has fought some ridiculous people in his amateur career, right? So he knocked out Matt Semmelsberger as an amateur. He actually beat Jorgen DeCastro. Both these guys are UFC fighters, good UFC fighters. He actually beat Jorgen DeCastro. And obviously his only like um, you know knockout loss was against Tafan Nechekwu, who is also just an unbelievable fighter who's knocking everyone out. So, you know, William Knight, while he still looks raw, you know, he's, he's fought some good people and beat some good people who are, who are in the UFC now. So, you know, I, I think my pick here is Menafield, but you know, if you're going to throw a, a William Knight knockout prop or something, I would not blame you because we saw Will, uh, Lonzo before looked a little chinny, right? That, that shot against, um, 
GSP, not GSP, but um, uh, St. Prue. Uh, that that yeah. that shot against St. Prue was just like a little kind of short shot, and those are what William lands. So you know, I I don't trust Alonzo's you know chin enough to like fully go in on that one eighty five, but he should win the fight is is what I would say. Yeah, I'm not spending that money here. I, there, there's probably a prop bet to be made, but I actually I hope they set the round line at one and a half here because I'm going to go the over. I think listen, they're, they're they are both tough guys. And I think they might both be afraid to exchange. And we've seen that before. And the most famously, uh, Derek Lewis um, and Ganu. Yeah, and Ganu and Derek Lewis. This isn't Ganu, by the way. That's what this was. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I would, I'm going to hammer the over if it's a one and a half line. Um, so we'll see what happens. Michael Lehrer, appreciate it. He gave us a big time shout out on um, the Kill Tony podcast, which. Uh, frankly, I, I wasn't very familiar with before you told us about it, but holy shit, it's like a couple hundred thousand views. You wore the headband, you gave us a big shout out. Uh, that's very appreciated, especially after you and I had it out. And anybody who's been here knows that I have no problem having it out with anybody. Uh, Jacob and Dan used to yell at me and be like, dude, you got to stop arguing with people. But honestly, it's just my personality. So at this point, I'm just leaning into it. I'm just going to argue with everybody. So we're both on Alonzo. Um, you a little less than I am. How do you feel about the over on the one and a half line? Is that something? I, you no, I, I completely agree. I think this could be a lot of st- just standing around, especially if you're on Alonzo's side, right? Because you know, obviously Alonzo know he knows he has has power, but that last knockout by William has got to be like, oh man, um, that's got to be a little scary. So, and the, the you know what's funny about William Knight too is because I follow him on Instagram. Obviously, I follow all these guys, all the guys, all the girls, but all, yeah, all the guys. <laughs> His uh his his training is like I never see him doing MMA training. It just, it's, yeah, he just the guy that's all he does. <laughs> all he does is just weightlift. It's it's crazy. Obviously, I'm sure he does training. No, I mean he's a, he's a professional fighter. I'm sure he's very professional about it. But just like every video he's posted is just like benching 400 pounds, deadlifting 700 pounds. It's crazy. He actually he actually trains with um, my buddy Parker Porter, uh, who we've had on the show before. I managed him for years. Uh, so I, I debated reaching out to Parker to get some scoop. Um, but if I do, depending on what the scoop is, I, you know, I have to be very careful on what I get and what I share, obviously. But for my curiosity, maybe I'll hit up Parker and see, see how that training's going. Yeah. In, 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 William Knight can, can wrestle. Obviously we've seen, he's not a very good defensive wrestler, but he's a, a decent offensive wrestler. I do have a funny, a quick William Knight story. So any, any of the true OGs here, Joe, I see you, Jesse, we saw you earlier. Um, Chris V, I think you've been around for quite a while. Nick Newell, obviously we haven't, he hasn't been here in a while because his movie came out. He fought in Bellator. Now he's moved homes. His gym is growing like crazy. Anyway, Nick Newell is personal friends with William Knight. Nick Newell, the one-armed famous fighter has a movie on him. Um, one of our friends, I've managed Nick. I still manage Nick, uh, in his fighting career. One of our friends runs a uh, grappling tournament and, he wanted to do like a two big names grapple each other. And it was supposed to be Nick versus somebody else. And the other person backed out. Nick's like, I'll grapple William Knight, man. He's like, screw it. I'm friends with William. He's not going to try to kill me. I'll grapple him. And they wouldn't do it. That he's too big for you. He's too big for you. And, and Nick's like, dude, we're friends. He's not going to toss me on my head. And, you know, I'd love to do that. So uh, honestly, I hope that actually ends up happening because that would be a lot of fun to watch 
Nick, because Nick's a nasty, weaselly little opportunistic grappler, and William Knight's the freaking tank, so that'd be interesting, with a wrestling background. So, Next up, at UFC Vegas 44, we've got Brendan Allen versus Chris Curtis. This is and let me and let me just and let me just remind the people about Chris Curtis because I I told I'm just saying I told Phil Hawes what was going to happen. Chris Curtis is no joke, guys. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm just saying. I have that in my in my notes right here. So Brendan Allen, 17 and four overall, four and one in his last five, and he's coming off of that really nice win over Punahil Soriano, and that's important when you're breaking down this fight. Chris Curtis. 27 and 8 overall, 5 and 0 in his last five, coming off of that first round knockout over Phil Hawes. On paper, this should be striker versus grappler, with Chris Curtis being the striker and again taking a fight on short notice. Brendan Allen, BJJ Black Belt, solid low kicks, great takedowns, much improved striking. He moved to Sanford MMA a few camps ago, and you can see those improvements there. Historically, his game plan was grappling. He was a grappler. He'd get the takedown. He'd be super tough on top. He'd work from there. But at some point, last year and a half or so, he got really comfortable striking, and he has straight up turned into a striker. Straight up. Brendan Allen is a striker now. It's almost weird to do the breakdown and talk about how good his grappling is. And if you look at his fight against Punahil, his last fight there, it was interesting because Punahil insane power, a nasty striker who's very dangerous. The clear path for Allen would be take him down, but he didn't. Zero takedowns, and he straight up won a kickboxing fight against who on paper was the far superior kickboxer. It was ridiculous. Chris Curtis, we've broken him down three times in the last month at this point. Ton of tape on him. He's an easy guy to break down. He's got nice, clean boxing, decent takedown defense, in improved takedown offense. He has legit power in his hands. We've seen that multiple times from him. Um, and his power comes from nice, clean, short punches. And that's how he catches you off guard because they're not looping over the top. They're nice, short, in-the-pocket um, uh, shots there. He takes his time with his shots, but he is always moving. He's staying out of the way for the most part. We have seen him struggle with pure wrestlers in the past. He has no answer for it. I'll let you go in a second. Let me just get this out. Chris Curtis, he made a statement in his last fight. He knocked Phil Hawes out cold. But before everybody rides that train, talking about how phenomenal he is, and immediately Chris Curtis is the new favorite underdog. He's the new cowboy. Short notice fights. He can beat anybody. Let me remind you, he was losing that fight. He was straight up losing that fight. First of all, going into it, Jacob literally begged Phil Hawes to wrestle. Watch the breakdown. He said, Phil, I'm begging you to wrestle. But if you rewatch that fight, that round where Chris Curtis knocked out Phil Hawes, he was a step behind every single strike. Literally, it was 48 to 21 with Chris having 21. So he was less, he landed less than half the strikes as Phil Hawes. Phil Hawes was toying with him, piecing up, doing whatever, whatever the hell he wanted to. He Phil Hawes just got too comfortable, got clipped, and it is what it is. Brendan Allen's the pick. There's no two ways about it. I think Brendan Allen can outstrike him, and I think Brendan Allen can certainly outgrapple him. It's a lot of stuff there. Brendan Allen is not going to outstrike Chris Curtis. Okay. Oh my! God. I, I I told you, you that. I told you that. With oh Phil Hawes. You, you can say that. You can say that Phil Hawes was was piecing up Chris Curtis. Chris Curtis is a boxer, a Golden Gloves boxer. 
He had a high guard. He was they, they, the shots were not really getting through. Phil Hawes could have got. We, he was he was fainting takedowns. I begged for him to get takedowns. Just just get takedowns. Or you're gonna get knocked out. The takedowns were there, right? Me and you were both watching the fight. He was grabbing his leg, and then was like, "He nah, literally just didn't want them." Yeah, he, he literally was, was like, "Yeah, I think I'll just strike yeah. with this guy." And we saw what happened, right? Brendan Allen, as you mentioned, is a grappler. He is a grappler that has fallen in love with striking. I think he has four takedown attempts in his last five fights. It's the reason he lost to Sean Strickland. He's fallen in love with it. The only person he probably shouldn't have grappled with, and he didn't, and he won the fight, was Chris Dawkins, which that makes sense because Dawkins is also an animal on the ground. Chris Curtis is a boxer. He has horrible takedown defense. I don't care what you say. He has horrible takedown defense. Phil Hawes could have got a takedown whenever he wanted in that fight. Phil Hawes is a better wrestler than Brendan Allen, but Brendan Allen is, is just as good as grappler as, as Phil Hawes, probably a better grappler. Brendan Allen, I'm telling you right now, man, I, I tried to warn Phil. He wanted to strike with Chris Curtis, and you saw what happened. Brendan Allen, if you strike with Chris Curtis, you are going to get knocked out. This guy is no joke. I'm not saying I'm not going to pick Chris Curtis because I picked Phil Hawes in the last fight because I thought he would grapple. Brendan Allen, maybe he still wins the striking. But I think Chris he wins the strike based off of Chris Curtis being an entire step behind Phil Hawes. He was not he a step behind. Him. He was taking his time. He's a boxer. He was making his reads. He gave up the an second, entire round. The second he made his reads, he countered perfectly and just oh, flatlined the dude. He, he's all, a the boxer. Is, he's a high guard. He's going to eat some shots. He's going to make his reads. Brendan Allen, if you strike with this guy, you, sir, are going to get knocked out too. You better take him to the ground. It's would you agree this the easiest path to victory is just take him down? It's of course that's the easiest easy path to, to victory, and I and I agree he should. Let's put it this way: I think Puna Heel is probably a more dangerous striker than Chris Curtis, and Brendan Allen pieced him up. The chat yeah, is but, wild. But, but Puna was absolutely exhausted. I know, but Brendan Allen round. was beating him before he was exhausted too. I know, but, but it's just I'm just I'm telling. Let me go ahead. The the chat is wild. The, the opposite sides of the spectrum, up and down this entire chat. Literally, I just pinned two comments in a row. Chris has this easy, easy win for Brendan Allen. Like, everybody's split. To me, I agree. This is an easy win for Brendan Allen. Like, an easy win for Brendan Allen. And okay, if so, you, Curtis, so you're going to place a bet for the 340 then? I, uh, you know me, man. The reason I'm up units every single week is I don't. Play I mean, that seems games. like that seems like easy units to make the streak continue. The most, if, if I were you, then I would place one bet, like I did last week. You said this is an easy win for Brendan Allen. Let's put the money where the mouth is. You place one bet, put your entire streak I on just the put, line. No, no, no. Put your your because you said it's an easy win. Put your entire streak on the somebody. line. I'll one bet this week somebody. on Brendan Allen. Will you do it? I will parlay him will with somebody. To get yes better or not. All right, you're you're muted. What I will, what I did do, and I'm gonna I'm gonna strangle Dan t literally to death if it doesn't come through. I uploaded a short. Dan sent us a video talking about some Bellator fight, um, you know, Sergio Pettis, and it's a minus one eighty, and that's gonna change big time. Hit it, hit it hard. I was like, all right. I didn't break down this fight. I didn't watch any tape, but I'll throw a couple hundred bucks at it just to see. If that doesn't come through, that's going to be so freaking annoying because I hate doing minus 180s. My, I hate going that far. Minus 150 is the farthest I go. Either way, Ryan Durkin, Brendan Allen is clean. I agree. Nice, clean, crisp striking. And Chris Curtis is a good striker, but he just has no problem He's taking He's a his Golden Gloves champion. Time. I agree. But boxing isn't MMA, but he just has no problem taking his sweet, 
sweet time. None at all. Making reads. All right. Hawes kept level changing. I agree. The takedowns were there. He didn't take them. I'm assuming Brent – the problem is I don't know if we can trust Brendan, Brendan Allen to do what he's supposed to do. That is the problem. Who, who, would, win between, who, do, who would win in, between Brendan Allen and Phil Hawes? That would be – have they fought? No. That would be an interesting no, match. No. Listen, the Phil, the Phil Hawes who fought Chris Dawkins beats Brendan Allen. The Phil Hawes who thinks he's a boxer loses to Brendan Allen. Like, Phil Hawes can win any fight he wants to if he does what he's supposed to do. Brendan Allen is actually in a similar boat where if he wants to grapple, he can absolutely 100% win this Every fight. time he gets somebody down to the ground, he chokes them out. I don't under, That's why I don't understand why people don't. It just blows my mind that they, it's just crazy. Papa Placid Penis. Look at his name. Um, anyway, well, welcome. Um, yeah, listen, Brendan Allen can get the takedowns, can dominate from there. I actually think Brendan Allen can win the striking because Chris Curtis doesn't even throw kicks. Brendan Allen lights people's legs up. So I like Brendan Allen here. I totally understand how dangerous Chris Curtis is because of that power. But come on, let, let's not look at the last fight where Chris Curtis was losing got one nice punch, and then think Chris Curtis is the second coming of the middleweight division. That's absurd. Let's catch up on some chat. Alan should grapple. I agree. Josh Locks, do you think my face looks bad? You should see my hands, bro. I don't get that. What I miss? This is short notice. I think I mentioned that in the beginning. It is short notice. Chris Curtis and has so, no and so mentioned too. He is a He's a welterweight that – Fought yes. Phil Hall's at middleweight and then is fighting another middleweight fight. So maybe he maybe he enjoys not cutting weight and he just stays here. If he keeps having success, he might as well. Well, and he's making money, right? He probably went his entire career not making any real money. All of a sudden, he's making some some good money. He did get screwed out of that fifty thousand dollar bonus, though. That was fun. That was funny because at, <laughs> well, after the fight, he's like, it seemed like it was going to be a foregone conclusion, right? He was like, oh, I need this fifty k. What was he the one that said like? It's a joke. Like how I broke have I am my bank accounts embarrassing. Yeah, he's like, it's a joke how broke I am. And then, like, there was like four or five knockouts that were even better than his after the, the fight. Yeah, I don't, he did, did he end up getting the bonus? I don't know. Dana said, we'll take care of him, but he won't get 50. He literally said, we'll take care of him, but he won't get $50,000. Um, yeah, and OKK, um, listen, we're not doing a full card breakdown. We're just doing the main card because I'm not breaking down 15 fights when the reality is we're going to end up with 12 by the end of this. So, um, what? Oh what? man. Oh man. Oh, my wife's yelling at me. Can you come get the monitor? Whoa. Hey, Tiffany. This is, yeah, this is, a, you guys got a view into marriage here. We have 675 live viewers right now, Tiffany. The, now, now they know. Jump on screen. Jump on screen. They'll jump up like crazy. There she is. Oh, oh. Your neck. We saw your neck. Let them see your face so they know I'm not like a Watch all the loser. likes go up. Here come all the likes. They, they, some of them think I'm a loser. Show your face so they know I'm not. All right. Well, it's nice. I promise. I'll get my – hey, babe. Her person <laughs> – Babe. You want to come here and say hi to the stream? Yeah, there she is. All right. Go, fi go fix me a sandwich. Babe. I think, yeah, okay. I think, she, I think she wouldn't get food. She probably did. Okay. Moving on. And Biker Boys, yes, that was a joke, Biker Boys. Um, all right, moving on. Next up, at UFC Vegas 44, we have Rafael or Rafael Fizayev versus Brad Riddell. This is an awesome match. I think they call him Rafa. It is. Oh, do they? I haven't heard Rafa. 
Yeah, I was watching interviews during my deep dive research. You know how it goes. Yeah, that's it. Well, so you stalked his Instagram, got a little weird. All right. Rafael Fizdev, Brad Riddell. This is an awesome fight. Two nasty, nasty strikers. And straight up, the line is a pick em. I totally understand why the line's a pick em. This is a great, great fight. Um, Rafael Fizdev, 10 and 1, riding a solid win streak. Brad Riddell, also 10 and 1, 5 and 0 in his last five, riding a seven fight win streak. This should be an awesome fight. Two very good strikers in a razor thin stand up war. Both of these guys have had careers outside of the UFC. What are you laughing at? Robot, robot's comment said, Jacob is funny. I would crack up if Rebus brought him a plate of food. Imagine if a man of Rebus just oh, walked in. <laughs> Everybody just is laughing at you like Jacob. They're like, oh, boy. yeah. And then it's just you. Also, she's like, hi. Like her little bubbly stuff. Just lays down in the bed behind me. <laughs> Totino's pizza rolls on a, a paper plate. Anyway, outside of the UFC, both of these guys have had a legitimate career in their martial art kickboxing. Both of them, one in Muay Thai, one in traditional American kickboxing. Rafael Fizayam, phenomenal striker, traditional Muay Thai style. He has incredible power, incredible volume. He typically doesn't have gas issues, but we did see him slow down and give up that third round against Bobby Green in his last fight. He does have great takedown defense. You know, what, you know, what, you know what's funny about that? Sorry to, to, to butt in. Yeah, right, like right when I was about to give the stat. Go ahead. Right, but there is a quote about no about him about his cardio because I watched an interview and he literally said he goes listen I was dying in that third round they said you know the third round he the cardio he didn't try to sugarcoat it he goes I was dying and the the other thing was interesting was he said he goes I don't know how he said because I work hard in the gym right and he talked about how some people he said you know some people you can tell have cardio and some people don't he said listen I know I work hard in the gym I go harder than anyone. And maybe I'm just one of those guys that just doesn't have cardio. He said, you know what? When I go in there, he said, maybe I have to pace myself better probably. He said, but I go in there, I just have fun, right? And the, the, the quote I love the most was, he said, maybe it's just my stupid brain. He said, maybe it's just, I can't, I, he said, maybe it's just my stupid brain because I can't go in there and pace myself. I just go in there and I love fighting so much. I just have fun. And maybe I'm just one of those guys that just doesn't have good cardio. So it's uh, interesting that he just kind of accepts it and says, I know I work hard and that's all I can do. So go ahead. I, I mean, there honestly is some truth to that. There's, there, there's truth to that in the cardio. There's truth to that in just literally physique. Look at Roy Nelson. Roy Nelson never had a cardio issue. Work, he, he can't be skinny to save his life. It's just not who he is. Everybody's different. Me too. I mean, anyway. Yeah, you work hard. I, I know how hard you work to, to slim down and, and eat right. And, and, and this is Everybody and... thinks this is vodka or wine. It's literally a slim fast shake. So, anyway. Great takedown defense for Rafael Fizayev sitting at 100% in the UFC. And he's got about six, seven fights in the UFC. So, it has been tested. Brad Riddell, great striker. Nice volume. Also, big-time power. He's riding that seven-fight win streak and coming off that great fight with Drew Dober where not only did he showcase how technical he is, but also how tough he is. Both of these guys are strikers. If we look at the stats, digging the stats for a second here, Rafael Fizayev definitely has the higher output, but he also gets hit way more. Straight up, one-to-one -one striking differential with over five significant strikes per minute, both out and in. Brad lands four to receive three, so the more efficient striker takes less damage where brad is a more pure boxer rafael or rafael or rafa is a muay thai striker he mixes in his kicks really well rafael has higher volume where riddell has more raw power 
razor, razor thin pick here. I am not going to argue with any human being, regardless of what side they're on here. I, I think I got to go Fizayev. I think his volume, the diversity in his strikes, uh, you know, where Brad is probably going to be waiting, trying to land a perfect punch, um, where Fizayev could use the leg kick, light him up, enter the pocket. You know, Brad's got me nervous, so when the odds drop, I'll take a look. I will probably do an inside-the-distance decision-no-action type bet because both these guys are tough, and that's kind of an insurance thing. What are, you, what are you thinking here? I mean, this is thin. Do you have, like, a definitive view here? So so my sentence or question for this fight is basically who is going to get their second win faster because I think they go crazy in the first round, um, and, and they both, I've seen, we've seen Brad too, in that, in the Drew Dober fight in a couple fights in the third round too, he, he gets tired as well. Um, and both these guys, even when they're tired, they're still coming forward. They're still, it's not like they just kind of give up. Both these guys have, are just crazy hearts and they actually used to train together at, at, at Tiger Muay Thai. Um, and you mentioned their, their kickboxing and Muay Thai records, Fiziev 29 and four as a Muay Thai kickboxer, whatever Brad Riddell, 59 and 10 as a kickboxer. So they both have crazy, crazy, um, striking experience. Since they used to train together, where they were at the uh, same camp, I, I don't think they were there at the same time very long. Uh, obviously, you mentioned Rafael's, I think, at Sanford now. Uh, Brad's still at Tiger Muay Thai. Um, but what's going to be the difference maker to me is Brad, in his last fight, shot 11 takedowns against Drew Dober, right? He's a kickboxer that that wanted to try and grapple to kind of mix up the, the fight. And he had success with it, right? I think he landed five, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why he won the fight. Since they trained together... They know who the better striker is, right? You know when you train with somebody, I assume, who the better striker is. So if Brad comes out with a grapple-heavy game plan in the beginning, that tells me that he knows that he's going to have issues with Rafa striking, right? If he comes out and is just tit-for-tat with Rafa, th that shows confidence in his striking, and maybe he mixes in some takedowns to try, and, to try and steal rounds and stuff. But if he comes out and starts grappling right away, that's kind of a red flag to me, right? Um, so... I, I think I like Rafa in this fight because he gets wild, which sounds kind of weird. But in this fight, in, in, when it's so technical, sometimes you got to do that wild stuff that either steals rounds because the judges, you know, the crowd reacts. The judges, oh, my God, did you see that little crazy spinning whatever? And that those power shots that don't even really land, but they look good. They look fun. Those can steal rounds from judges, right? Because judges are humans, too, in a, in a technical striking match. So I, I, I agree. This is razor, razor thin. And maybe Brad comes in and grapples and gets the takedowns and wins that way. But if this is just striking tit for tat, I, I just like Rafa. I like his tenacity and I like his ability to just throw different wild stuff. You mentioned with the kicks too. So my picks Rafa as well, but this is, this is, this is ultra close. And there, there's the one thing I do want to mention too. There's a, there's a video, an ultra slow-mo video of Brad and Drew Dober and their striking exchanges. And it's so crazy how subtle they slip punches, especially Brad. Drew Drew is throwing these perfect little short shots, and Brad just slowly slipping, ducks under, and then and it's, it's an awesome video. It's only like thirty seconds long, but an ultra slow mo of how how good Brad's uh, head movement is. So um, yeah, I'm going with Rafa. It is interesting. So Brad's the more well rounded MMA fighter. Rafael's the more well rounded striker. Wasn't he like the straight up striking coach? at Tiger Muay Thai. So like, right. you know, it's, they, they both, they, they were both coaches at, at Tiger Muay Thai yeah. at one, at one time and the other. So it's, it, it really is incredibly razor thin. Honestly, this is probably, 
first of all, I do like an inside the distance decision, no action prop. Uh, you're only going to get that at bet online. We own picks.com slash bets. Click it, sign up, make a deposit. Let me know. I'll pay you 50 bucks. But as much as I like that, because these are both really tough guys, I don't see either one of them getting slept. So you can do inside the distance decision, no action. Just take a flyer on it, see what happens. If you get it, great. If there's nothing, you get a refund. I did that last week with Hoffa Garcia. It was a perfect spot for Hoffa Garcia because I thought he was going to guess. Either way, this might be a great live betting spot. To your point, if Brad Riddell shoots two takedowns and gets freaking stuffed, done. Um, you know, live bet, Rafael Fizayev. If Brad Riddell shoots a takedown, gets has a little success, immediately hit Brad Riddell because now he's the more versatile fighter. He has a backup plan. Uh, Fizayev does not have that backup plan. He's striker bust, essentially. So it's it's a super it's a super close fight. It'll be a really, really fun fight. And it's, we should be able to live stream it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be so much fun. And I actually watched another interview with a current uh, Tiger Muay Thai coach who spent a lot of time with Fiziev, but didn't spend a lot of time with Brad, who said, this is going to be a fight for the fans. You're going to see strikes that you've never really seen. You're going to see them absorb strikes that you normally wouldn't see people absorb, meaning like they just know how to take a strike. They know how to roll with the strike. And you're going to see them duck and and move out of strikes that you wouldn't see normally out of, out of strikers because these guys are such high-level strikers. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it will be crazy. And I see Dan's in the live chat. He mentioned uh, – we uploaded a video earlier. It got like no views, so you guys probably didn't watch it. It got a bunch of thumbs down, which is very odd. Um, but – he did point out uh, he, uh, Kyoji Horiguchi is minus 180. Dan, I think you mentioned you'd pay minus 300 for him. So, I, listen, I took your word for it. I threw a couple hundred bucks at it. If uh, if that goes south, do me a favor, delete what your is that, account. Like, is that like a half a unit? Yeah, I don't, I don't like to discuss those things, but it's, it's oh, closer to a half than a whole. Um, you know, so, Dan, Dan, if that doesn't hit, delete your account. It's, it's that I also put money on that, Dan, so you got a lot riding on it. He told the world, man, so we'll see what happens. Let's uh, catch up with this chat. Um, Don't sleep on Wells. Somebody, BP's making fun of you for they only train together for one session. Somebody paid for a private, I guess. They they hung out for about an hour, Jacob. Jeez, get your your research together. This is unbelievable. yeah, Josh, you are every week. I see you do like ridiculous parlays. This is not a parlay card. It is there's too many close fights. Not a parlay card. Chris V, hundred percent correct. This is razor thin for a reason, and you don't need to bet every single fight. That's what we talked about last week, right? My my personal streak is has been unreasonably good. It's been going well, but I pick my spots. Somebody, I forget who it was. I don't know if it's anybody in the live chat. Somebody criticized the pick my bets, saying. Yeah, it's easy. You only did four where other people st- – because I said I went 10-1 and one on picks and I hit all my bets. And somebody's like, well, 10-1 and one on picks doesn't matter because you didn't bet all of them. Other people bet all their picks, which makes no sense to me because betting and losing is better than not betting at all. Anyway, pick your spots. Make sure you're on point and you're very confident. This is not a fight that anybody should be betting a money line. If you do a bet, it should be an insurance bet or you should wait for – um, you should wait for a uh, uh, some live action, like Jacob said. You see some missed takedowns. You see some shit like that. Solid spot, Josh. You said you're gonna hit some parlays. I'm not bitter, Dan. Those are called jokes. 
I know you've been gone for quite some time, but what we've done here is we've established a sense of humor. So we don't rely on our good looks. Not all of us have been blessed with that. You're fading. I'm all, Brad. I'm all personality on my side. Yeah, you always have been. I'm fading Brad and KKF. Who's KKF? Who the hell is KKF? Anyway, let's move on. I don't know who KKF is, BP. Let me know. Main event, UFC Vegas 44. Dan, do you want in on this video, by the way? If you do, comment, I guess, and maybe we'll send you a link. We'll see. You got to send the passcode. Anyway, next up, UFC Vegas 44. We have Rob Font versus Jose Aldo. Rob Font's name is first. Jose Aldo, legend, former champion. Rob Font's name is first because he's ranked higher in the division. Rob Font, 10-1. and one. Oh, I didn't update the records. The records are wrong. My bad. Rob Font, 4-1 oh, wow. in his last five. Listen, man. It's been oh. a week. Rob Font, 4-1 and one in his last five. Coming off of that awesome fight against Cody Garbrandt. Jose Aldo, 2-3 and three in his last five. But the reality is he's 3-2 and two in his last five because of that really bad decision against Marlon Marias. Even the UFC said that's a bad decision. You get a title shot. So Jose Aldo should be 3-2. and two. Rob Font is 4-1 in his last five. Rob Font, fellow Northeast guy. He's gritty. He's tough. He's super technical. He has solid power, a solid chin, great boxing, a great get-up game. So if he does get taken down, he pops right back up. He is primarily a boxer. He doesn't kick often, uh, but he doesn't need to because his hands are so clean and fast, and he can enter and leave the pocket before most fighters even know what happened. If we look at his stats, he has a fantastic volume and fantastic striking differential of three to two. And that sounds bad, but three to two is solid. You're you're literally outlanding uh, your opponent. I picked Font over Marlon Marias last year, and there are a lot of similarities between Marlon Marias and Jose Aldo and how they fight. At this point, everybody should know who Jose Aldo is. Greatest 145 pounder at all of all time. This is at 135, but he is the greatest 145 pounder. Who is Max Holloway? Is that who? Who? You know, it's you know, it's, you, well, you know, it's funny is that Max literally is considered the greatest featherweight of all time. He's not even the champ. Right I now. know that's what's crazy. He got <laughs> beat twice by the champ, but he's literally is still considered the best featherweight of all time. So, and not only is he not the champ, it's not like Jose Aldo's not the champ. Jose Aldo's, we'll talk about his age. This says thirty five. The dude's like forty two, but uh, Max Holloway is like twenty nine. So for him to be the greatest of all time, and not I mean, Max the champion be, right now. I mean, if if Joe, I think the biggest reason is because Aldo was the greatest of all time, and Max and Max beat him. Yeah. yeah, but I, you know these these conversations are they're fun, obviously, but they're basically pointless. But prime Jose Aldo beats prime Max Holloway. Does does he not? Well, I think the greatest featherweight of all time is probably Conor McGregor. <laughs> He was the first concurrent two-division champion. Either way, Jose Aldo. Isn't it such a shame that we never saw Connor and Aldo like actually fight? Obviously, Connor slept. We all know what happened, but it was nonsense. I told you, I told you, Aldo was going to take his head off that he got knocked out. In four I know. Seconds. You told me that you were literally. You told there's two fights that you told me there's absolutely no shot Connor wins. <laughs> it was Jose Aldo. You said there's no way. 
right. Michael Chandler. <laughs> and and then the uh, no the um, uh, Eddie Alvarez. You're like, dude. Oh, that's what I meant. Is, I meant Eddie. Like, Alvarez. Yeah, you're like Eddie is so tough. He's like, there's no way that he's gonna beat Eddie and just destroyed both of them. And he shouldn't. He shouldn't have beat either one of the. Now Eddie, he actually beat. We watched him actually beat Eddie Alvarez. He didn't. You don't know anything from a knockout under one minute. You know the, the only thing that justifies that knockout was the fact that they like planned that attack, right? They, they there's video of him walking out in his in in the warming up before the fight, literally landing that shot. Like they knew that was going to happen, so that's the only thing that kind of justifies that. But yeah, I agree. I yeah. wish we would have seen because that's the only person that Connor probably fought that can actually strike at the same pace uh, with Connor. Oh, obviously, Dustin can. Obviously, Dustin can. We sh- we so showed that, but up to that point, uh, Aldo had the striking to uh, to go toe to toe with Connor. We never got to see it. But anyway, yeah. and, and that was a hungry Connor. So anyway, Jose Aldo. We all know who he is. How great he is. Uh, he's literally great everywhere. He's a counter striker. Really technical Muay Thai. Great Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. He actually has very good wrestling when he wants it. His leg kicks and counter striking are a nightmare for pretty much everybody. He is aging. He has legitimate miles on him. He is way older than his age. The The old legend is he came from the favelas. Um, he didn't have a birth certificate. So when he, you know, got old, older to get jobs and all that crap and needed a passport, he needed a birth certificate. So he, they said, how old are you? And he's like, eh, I'm 20. When in reality, he was like 30. So he's much older than his actual age. But listen. If we did not just watch Jose Aldo dismantle Pedro Munoz, this would be a super easy pick for me. It'd be Rob Font. I wouldn't even think about it. But in that fight, Jose Aldo looked 10 years younger than he – like he looked young. He looked fresh. He looked fast. This was like a rewind to when he was the champion. He was a man on a mission. And this is a razor-thin fight. I mean, Pedro – like Rob Font is a high volume guy. He comes forward. Jose was able to just shut him down, start to finish, all three rounds. I just, I don't think Rob Font will sort of freeze up in the moment like Pedro did. I think Rob Font marches forward. He has the volume. He stays busy. He touches up Jose. Basically, the exact same game plan that that Holloway did. Just keep jab in his face. Um, we've seen Jose gasp before. This is a five-round fight. I imagine he will start to slow down big time in the last few rounds. Um, it's really tricky. This goes against everything I normally do, right? Normally, I'll break down the fighters, and I'll say fighter A has more tools than fighter B, so I have to go with A. Jose Aldo has more tools than Rob Font. He's got better kicks. He's got better grappling. He's got, he has more experience. He has more tools. But I, I just I just feel like Rob Font's going to win. And I might change this pick by the time we do our full card breakdown next week. But right now, I do like Rob Font to just stay in Jose Aldo's face, touch him up. That jab will stay out there. And, and he's going to look like a Max Holloway here. What do you think? Yeah, so so my, my, my statement for this fight is basically who is going to be the better counter puncher, right? Because they're both going to be pumping the jab out there. They both like to use that jab. Obviously, you know, Aldo's going to come with the leg kicks as well. But uh, I was interested. I rewatched that Rob Font and, and Garbrandt fight because I wanted to see how Font handled the quickness of Garbrandt. Because I think if there's anyone, uh, I think Garbrandt's got like the fastest hands, maybe in the UFC, honestly. Um, and and the, somebody that would be as close and comparable to that in his prime, obviously he's slowing down was Aldo, right? Aldo is a fantastic striker. Very, very quick. His combos nice and tight. So pop, 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 pop. 
So I was interested to see how Rob was going to handle that quickness. And he handled it well. But there were some moments where Cody got through, right, with his combinations, the, especially late. Uh, and the commentators were mentioning as well. I think it was DC or somebody was saying, you got to go to the body. You got to go to the body and then the head. And you saw that uh, Garbrandt with his speed was able to go body head. And it really, he, Rob didn't have really have issues with it because Cody at that point, Cody was trying to grapple in that fight. So he kind of gassed himself. So he didn't have really have the pop in his hands that he normally would have. But those shots were still were getting through. So I, I could see Aldo having some real success here. And and you mentioned the grappling ability too. Garbrandt was able to take Rob Fight to the ground. He wasn't able to really do anything with it. And people forget that Garbrandt was a, a very good high school wrestler. I don't, I don't know if he wrestled in college, but he, he, was, he had a wrestling. He's a good wrestler. He was, yeah, he's a good right, So he knows what he's doing. Um, where Al, Aldo as well, early in his career, he's got a couple fights where he had five takedowns, not attempts, actual takedowns early in his career. So he knows how to how to wrestle as well if i'm aldo here i just take my time i don't try to throw the big combos because rob font will come with the counters and he's got the more he's got more power if i'm aldo i'm just pumping out the jab i'm doing the leg kicks and i'm taking it when i when when my corner is yelling one minute left in the round i'm taking a shot i'm stealing rounds i'm just dancing around i'm trading jabs i'm keeping rounds close and then i'm shooting shots late in the round now aldo not being really a grappler and he mentioned the cardio that could cost him. That cost Garbrandt, right? Because he was winning. Not, I don't know if he was winning the rounds, but he was able to have success in the grappling, and then he couldn't win the striking later because he was gassed. That could happen to Aldo, but if you just go tit for tat with Font, you're probably going to lose. I would just keep pumping the jab, pumping the leg kicks, and at a minute left, 30 seconds left of the round, go all in to trying to get to take down to steal rounds and try to steal this decision. Uh, decision because I don't think Aldo's going to knock him out. Aldo could get flash knocked out. We've seen it happen before. Rob Hunt's got Rob Font's got real power. Um, so I think Rob Rob is uh, is probably the play here. But but Aldo's got a, a real 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 uh, good shot. So um, I'll probably play Rob. But um, Aldo's got a path to, to victory for sure. I've been pinning Dan. I just sent you a link. You said check your text. I'm we're we're on. I'm on live television. I'm not checking my text. Yeah, and and, 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 and Bay mentioned as well uh, with the body shots. Aldo's body shots are he when he rips into body shots. He's one of those guys that just lays into it. Um, so we'll see what happens. I, I like like literally in my notes right here. I say if Jose Aldo fights this fight the way that he beat Uriah Faber, which is just you, I don't know if you were watching back then, but. He just lit up Uriah Faber's legs till they were just useless. He dominates this fight. That that's the problem. Like I, I'm I'm going with Rob Font at least for now, but Jose Aldo has more tools, has way more tools. His leg kicks are phenomenal. His counter striking is probably better. Offensively, Rob Font's the better striker. Period. But how Aldo could take him down and wrestle and grapple for like Aldo is definitely the better fighter, but Rob Font is so amazing at keeping a jab in your face and staying forward and putting pressure that he just can't he it's a problem it's a problem to deal with and and literally he could do to jose what max holloway did to jose i thought you were about to say something but you just no I was, I was reading i was trying to catch up on you and dan going back i saw that you put something a comment in the chat are you going to send him a link did you send him a link? i did right i did he, he doesn't even know how to use his computer it's he's going to show up with, here we go what's up boys like some stupid nonsense what's up it'll boys be, it'll be out of focus with his, the volume with his, will be uh, brawling mall hat on now he's going to yeah. go switch hats real quick so yeah let's ask him something specific about one of these fights and see what we get back Right. Unbelievable. What are you guys in the chat? In the chat, you guys, before we hit this fight, were super heavy on Jose Aldo. 
Am I? Is there font love in here that I'm not seeing? Because I haven't seen much. Cody looks like he wants to run out of the cage every time he gets punched. Jeez. You know what? You know what kind of surprised me about that? Because uh, obviously Cody, everyone mentions Cody's chin and stuff. He got stunned, I think, in the second round versus Font, and it almost—I think it surprised him that he didn't go to the ground. Because he, obviously he was still a little bit hesitant because he is hesitant of his chin. He's very aware that he doesn't really have a chin anymore. But he got stunned, and it was like, oh wait, I'm still I'm still here. It's kind of an interesting reaction. Well, yeah, and and um, you know his lack of chin isn't necessarily a true lack of chin. It's more um, that that he just isn't blocking it at all and just come rushing in. Right, because like I mean, he had TJ beat both times, right? Yeah. I mean, literally had TJ beat in, in, in both of those fights. And she muted. About. We're going to get a copyright yeah, strike. I had to mute you. Channel's over. We're done. Dude. No, sorry. I, I literally had to mute you not to be a The dick. king is back. You got to shut that off. We're going to get a copyright strike. Oh, my. Guy doesn't know how the internet works. Look at how tight this guy is. What's up, everybody? What's up, boys? What's up, Dan? There it is. What's, What's going up, on? <laughs> well, Dan, we just broke down the main card. You want to give us your thoughts on all the fights? No, and Co Cody fights – on the big card, not 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 this not this card. The what? He fights on the pay per view card, whatever that one is. Who are you talking about? Kai Car France and, and Garbrandt's going down to one twenty five too. So that's yeah. not going to help his chin. It's definitely not going to help his chin at all. Dan, you were pinning a bunch of comments. It seems like are you picking Jose Aldo or you just think he's super live? I think he's live after the last fight. I thought he was going to lose. I was surprised how good he looked. I, I yeah. just think. Listen, Rob Font is younger. You know, he's going to have the edges and all the all the skills that his age will bring. He's a good fighter. I just think freaking Jose Aldo looks so good last fight that I can't count him out. Um, I think it's going to be close. I wouldn't be surprised if it went either way. But if the odds go, they were at plus 150 for Jose Aldo, Jose Aldo at one point. I missed it. I would have jumped on that. I like him as a dog at plus 150. So. Jose Aldo might be – I don't know if he gets stopped. The problem is this fight could literally go any direction. I don't think Jose will get stopped, but Rob Font could just literally light him up, just absolutely light him up, be a step ahead of him the entire time. Or Jose Aldo could do to Rob Font what he just did to Pedro Munoz, counter-strike the hell out of him. I was him. shocked. Yeah. That's why I said stylistically, this is a fight where with his age, his striking is his bread and butter, right? So he's in his comfort zone a little bit. So – it's a fight where he can, I don't want to say look his best, but he can look better than some other matchups where he's going to have to wrestle. I just can't believe the dude's been fighting for like 30, 40 years, and he's only 10 and 1. That seems crazy. It's it's unbelievable, his record. Can you believe that, Dan? Wow. <laughs> no, Dan, 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 Dan. Somebody else is doing him. Dan, what we could have you do this. this is a, I mean, this is a clear grudge match. Ten and one versus ten and one. One person right. gets eleven, the other doesn't. It's absolutely good math. That was absolutely. very good math. Oh, I now oh. I see your text. See, I I don't check text while we're live, man. Why would I do that? And Gar Garbrandt's fighting on two sixty nine versus uh, Kaikara France. We mentioned earlier that somebody in the chat said KKF. That's Kaikara France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that after, but that's why I was like, on this card, what are we talking about? Well, that's that's an interesting card. matchup. Dan, why don't you since we already broke down this card. Give, give us some insight 
on that uh, – listen, I put a couple hundred dollars on Horiguchi or whatever. It is. Literally based off of I put, your 30-second video. Dan, I put, four, some, I put four units on it, Dan. All right, so So for those of you who don't know, go to Mike Brown, Mike Brown's Instagram page. Mike Brown has continually been calling him one of the best in the world for a long time. He's been down there training. He's an absolute stud. He's been fighting overseas, so the U.S. market doesn't know that much about him. Hardcore MMA fans do, but he's a stud. He's unbelievably good, and he's fighting Sergio Pettis, who's also good, but like – I mean, I'm almost – I feel like I'm going to jinx it. But Sergio Pettis is good, but it, it's, I don't think he has the power to put away Horiguchi. And he doesn't have – he struggles with wrestling. Horiguchi is good everywhere. So I, I think I think the I'm line is off. In round one, Dan, damn it. What? I'm looking at Horiguchi's record after you made me put hundreds of dollars on him. He got knocked out in round one. Okay. Last year. Well, I guess he avenged that loss. I, I know nothing about him, so. I know. That's why the line is the way it is. That's what I'm saying. For That's why I put that video out. I've only put, what, one other video out like that? It was um, another absolute lock. You've been, you've been good with the, like, the PFL, Bellator, like the, the know-nothing, you know, hidden cards where you get some weird lines. That's where a lot of the money is if you can get the the bets in. Um, no, so I so I saw it. So if you guys don't have it, you can go on Twitter. Uh, Bet online has an alert where it lets you know when uh, when odds drop. So I put that on my phone. So I saw it drop. I didn't even have. I was in the middle of something. I didn't even look at the card. I texted it to a friend uh, who who knows a lot about. Uh, yeah, minus one ninety now. It's gonna. I'm telling you, that's gonna be minus three hundred before Wednesday, maybe worse. Um, so if you haven't jumped, I, so I hit it at minus 185 on Bet Online, And I also, I reached out to somebody I know in Arizona that had FanDuel, it was minus 152 at the time. I hope this video doesn't uh, screw my bet up because I put a good amount. But yeah, right, fan, UFT. was that? The person you reached out to is in, uh, not in Arizona. No, I know. The person who's in Arizona has FanDuel. Oh, well, you somebody you reached out to reached out to me and said, what do you think about this? Dan just asked me to do this. Oh, well, he, I didn't ask him to do it. I said, oh, I asked him to do it for me, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he, yeah, was okay, like, so. he was like, I, I think I'm going to follow this. I was like, listen, I, I don't know, but Dan, when it comes to these like non-UFC bets, he's usually spot on, so I'm just going to follow it. That's Listen, I got, I got a tip from a friend who gave me the tip the last time. I did that video from wherever, uh, from North Carolina, I was on vacation. And I'll just put it this way I put a lot of money on it. There's what I put on it is a fraction of a fraction of what's going on it. So, uh, you know, what, you know what's interesting is he was in the UFC before, he was 15 and one, fought Demetrius for the title, got armbarred, as people typically do. Won three more fights in the UFC to get back to and eighteen that was and it. two, yeah, and then left the UFC. I yeah. just saw that on Tapology. I, I, I actually don't know the back. You know, I want to find that out. I want to find out what the background. That's, that's interesting because it's not like he lost a bunch more and then got cut or whatever. He he fought for the title, lost, won three more fights in the UFC. They were all decisions. I don't know how they. Maybe they were born. Guys, a stud. He works unbelievably hard. He's a, he's just everyone that trains him is like, man, this guy is 
the one of the best in the world, if not the best in the world. So, and he's fighting. The, the best part is it really covers up Dan it over you your it. face. Yeah, it just covers up Dan. Angelo and Jacob this. gets no better. Covers up Dan. <laughs> just block Dan's face. The time. <laughs> oh, he fought Uncle Creepy. I saw that he beat him. I loved Ian in McCall. nine seconds. <laughs> oh, he fought. He beat Manal Kipe, a Manal cop. Yeah, he's, Dude, he's fought a lot of good guys. Yeah. And, and again, down at the gym, he's 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 training with best guys in the world. And they're all like, they all said the same thing. They're like, man, this dude is the real deal. Minus one fifty two against, I mean, Sergio Pettis. No disrespect, but that's uh, he's not his brother. Right. It, it's a tough matchup for him. Let's just say that, and especially, I mean, Sergio Pettis struggles against wrestlers. Not that Kyoji is a is a is a crazy wrestler, but he's very good wrestling, very good striking. He's just very good. Well, here, so you know, some of these fights are like these, those, uh, grand prix where he's fighting twice in one night. He beat Manel yeah. Cop and then another guy twice. Well, here, look at this comment. We just got, oh, I guess we got it an hour ago, but I didn't look at my phone until you hopped on. It says, you can't read it. It says minus minus one eighty five. The dude is old. So that guy's not on our side, Dan. I mean, okay, he's 31 so. years old. I don't know. Listen, I'm just going off the comments. I'm just going off the comments. Maybe he's talking about Dan is old. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a fair point. Whatever that was. Guys I the old. What does this guy know? Right. I mean, here's a little off topic. Jose Aldo is only 26. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> here's a little off topic. Joe Tadoro talking about dinner tomorrow. I, I, we're not doing Thanksgiving tomorrow. We do. I do it on Friday because all of my wife's. I live in Texas with her and her family, not mine. And all, and my family's not even from America, so f them for trying to celebrate Thanksgiving. That's my holiday. I'm from here. You're not. Anyway, we do it Friday. Dan, do you host? You go to the in-laws too? Uh, we do it a little different every year. I got my family's in town, so we'll do it at my house occasionally. This year, we're going to my in-laws, and my family's coming. We're all going to do it together. So nice. But I, I'm honestly, all about volume. Italian family. I. I don't care what day it is. Oh wow, you're I, Italian. A, a little bit. Um, I, I don't let's even. Hear it. Let's hear. It. Let's uh. Let's hear some Italian. Huh? It's congeli salad. I do. Uh, <laughs> I like to Did do. You say uh, salad at the end. Honestly, we might get canceled for that. Congeli salad. That's literally squid salad. That's like a food. It's delicious, and you eat it on th- on Christmas Eve. Grow yeah, up. You're you're t- the way you said that, it, we might get it's not real salad, Dan. It is fish drenched. I don't think you eat fish either. Oh, no, I eat fish. Did we I pin uh, the problem? Is I eat everything. I don't discriminate. Did we did we pin uh Josh Locke's comment? I'm seeing that he agreed with you on Ryan Hall. I did. Yeah, go ahead and throw that on the screen if you don't mind. I already did it. I just want to put the one up that just doesn't. There we go. Ryan Hall <laughs> fighting early prelims 269 against Derek Minner. Let's break it down. Down, uh, Dan, how do you feel? Derek Minner, oh, well, I mean, Ryan Hall, the GOAT, I mean, what is he, minus 700? What's the line? He really is a minus 220, Ryan Hall is. Ryan Hall with miserable striking and no takedown offense. Very good striker. He he trains with Steven Thompson. He's he's just as good a striker as Steven Thompson. He's even more dangerous on the ground. Then you know what's that? Um, minus two twenty. I, I got to rewatch Derek Minner, but from what I remember about Derek Minner, maybe I'm way off. It's probably a bad matchup because he wants to wrestle, right? Right, he's a wrestler. Yeah, that is why Derek Minner is Clay Guida, basically, just high volume, tons of energy, tons of wrestling. 
which Clay Guida is on this card. On this card, yeah. And he is a former lock of the week. And he is also. I like, I like Clay Guida as a dog a little bit. A little, I always like a, Clay Guida as a dog. A, he's against a 41-year-old jiu-jitsu guy. So we'll see what happens. But Bay is spot on. Mbay has probably got some of the best insight we have in the comment section at all times. Right. He doesn't need to throw punches when he's got. He's got a plus one sixty. Plus one. Robot chicken wings. I agree. Taporia. Taporia made me a lot of money. Okay, robot, you're banned. Okay. <laughs> oh, that was the one. I bet Taporia. Well, Jacob was crying when I did it too. Inside the distance, by not, like I forget. I, I hit like every single prop and the money line. And I'm sorry, Jacob, but yes, Ryan. I Hall mean, there was, I mean, that was touch and go for a while because Ryan Hall was uh, almost had him there, almost had that heel hook locked in. <laughs> touch and go. Oh, <laughs> it was he. It, he was touched and he went. That's exactly what happened. In that Joe fight. T. I do. I liked. Uh, man, I gotta watch some tape on it before I say it. But Derek Minner had that much of a dog. I don't know. I mean, if it goes uh, to the ground, he's gonna get submitted. It's like yeah, going to the I, ground. I, I, I agree with Jacob too. It I, I, it's like if you go to the ground. So Mbay had one of the best comments earlier. Dan, you haven't been here. You need to wait your turn. If you I, go to the ground against Mackenzie Dunn, <laughs> you're gonna get submitted. If you go to the ground against Ryan Hall, you're gonna get submitted. Unless you hit right. him really hard in the face. Well, and honestly, he doesn't need to take Ryan Hall down. He could just outbox him because that guy. Thank sucks. you. Exactly. No, if you're a wrestler, not. all Dude, you have Ryan to do is train boxing. For Ryan Hall literally has one decision striking. He literally has decision wins. If he doesn't submit everyone, he has decision striking. He keeps his distance, and nobody wants to take him down. He just pieces you apart. He just picks he's, you apart limb by he's limb. Damian Maya with like slightly better athleticism and some wheel kicks or whatever those things are. No, Damian Maya had takedowns. Ryan Hall has no takedowns. Actually, you're right. Yes, you're right. No, he's not Damian Maya. Ryan Hall has three decision wins. So explain yeah. that. How he think, how, how can he not outstrike oh. anybody but win three decision wins with no takedowns? Explain that to me, please. He can't outstrike anyone, yet he's won three decisions without I mean, submitting people. Go ahead. I'll look up the opponents real quick and I'll probably explain itself. But yeah, Darren Elkins. He beat Darren Elkins in a Gray Mater. Both decisions. He beat Gray Maynard in a decision. I'm telling you. And then Artem Lobov. That was 15 years ago. Dude. And Artem Lobov. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie, Jacob. Those are not the names I was expecting. I mean, Artem Lobov, the other GOAT. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't even know. They must, have, they must have agreed ahead of time. Like, hey, listen, we're both he the best in the world. He submitted BJ Penn, who Angelo thinks is the greatest fighter of all time. Now he's just making shit up. No, he literally heel hooked BJ Penn. Oh, I think okay. I thought you were talking about. Uh, I honestly, BJ Penn was one of the greatest fighters of all time before he became an alcoholic. Well, he was the greatest. BJ Penn of all also time. got knocked out in a bar, in a bar fight outside of a bar because he's a straight up alcoholic now. Well, he's BJ like Penn was the greatest of all time going into that Ryan Hall fight. I think he was the great. I think he was at the top of his game going into that fight and got heel hooked. That's what happened. Oh yeah, defending one of two belts that he had. Everybody talks about Connor being the first. BJ was the first. So I, I'm going to watch some tape on Minner striking and rest. I mean, if he can wrestle and defend takedowns, I'm going to throw some money on that. I think I'm going to jump around. I'm, that not, I'm, not at all. I, I'm actually not. I think Ryan Hall is pretty useless, but I'm not touching that at all. No way. I got to watch some. Definitely dangerous enough. 
Who did Minner fight last? I feel like um, I, the name reminds me of either losing a lot of money or he winning a lot Darren of money. Elkins. He beat Charles Rosa. He beat TJ Laramie. He lost to Dar Darren Elkins like slid his fate. Like Darren he beat Elkins Charles like, Rosa. That's where I won a little bit, I think. He lost to Grant Dawson. He lost to Herbert Burns. What By do you the mean? way, Mbay had one of the best points earlier um, talking about one of the fights where um, – oh, Fiziev against um, – um, what's his name? He shot 11 takedowns last fight. Was that? It's on the screen. Oh, thank you. I'm looking at my other screen, my shirt off screen. So, oh, sorry. I, I thought his record was different. That's, it got, threw me off. This uh, one is correct. This is actually their everybody's ten, everybody's ten, I thought everyone no, this was one ten. is correct. The main event I didn't yeah. it's too busy fighting with you in text message. I didn't update them for that. <laughs> me and Angela have been battling on text message. Not just me uh, and you, Jacob as well. Two on one. I know. Angelo, I don't know what he did. He probably paid <laughs> he paid Jacob some sort of money to finally uh team up. Well, I got this Gucci sweater on. I was gonna say, what the hell? What, what did he do? What did he do to get you to uh, turn a corner? Showed up every day for work <laughs> while you were out oh, sniffing you know, your fingers. Just stop your whining, he just dude. Offered to be my friend. Oh my lord! You, I can't. Just don't do this on air. It's gonna be embarrassing for you. Um, uh, Mbe had a great point about. Oh, what happened? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's your go-to. Uh, Riddell, uh, Mbe had a great point about Riddell. Shooting 11 takedowns last fight shows a smart game plan, right? That could be a big factor in this fight. Fiziev, we haven't seen it yet. Uh, the one fight I really, really, really wanted to see go differently was against Moicano. I was, I, and I, I lost a lot of money on that, but Moicano went out there and boxed him like he was a striker. He's a great striker, Moicano, but he had a clear edge on the ground, and we didn't get to see it. I'm hoping Riddell comes out with some decent wrestling, even halfway decent wrestling, because we're going to learn a lot about Fiziev. Because I don't think uh, we've seen him against uh, somebody who's repetitively trying to take him down. That's got we have. Okay, here we go. Here's you ready for some stats? I've got him up. Sure. They updated the UFC. The UFC updated the uh, the main card. They have everything listed on the website now. Clay Guida is on the main card. Jim Crew right. and well, Jamal Hill is on the main card. We'll be good for next week then. So Alex White, who Rafael Fizayev fought in the UFC, was 0 for 11 on takedowns. 0 for 11. Who's, who's Alex White? I don't know. That's, I'm, I'm, just let me keep going. Is Mark this where you're going like, to tell me he's fought a bunch of wrestlers or something? I'm just going through the stats. That's all I'm doing. Mark okay. Diakis, 0 for 4 against Rafael Fizayev. You know who he is? He's a striker. Hanato Moicano. He's a, he's a pure one. striker from Thailand. So keep going. Hanato Moicano, 0 for 1. So he's a pure striker from Thailand who was losing and then went in. And Bobby Green, 0 for 2. So he has 100% takedown defense. All you can do is look at that and say he's defended like 20 takedowns in the UFC, all 20. It's a big I mean, deal. Okay. Anyways, stats, uh, good stats. But the reality is I don't think we've seen him against a quality wrestler. I don't know if Riddell is going like to be the Brad guy. Riddell, a quality wrestler like Brad Riddell. Did you let me finish? I just said I don't think Brad Riddell is going to be the guy to show that. But if he shot 11 takedowns his last fight, like Mbay was saying, he's probably got a game plan in training wrestling. 
Will it be good enough? I don't know, but I think we'll learn a little bit about him. That's all. Raphael's at Sanford. He's getting looks. He is. Brad Riddell was one for six against Alex Da Silva in takedowns. Against Drew Dober, he was five for eleven. Five for eleven, so less than half, and that's his last fight. So, why are you laughing at that? Less than half. I mean, five takedowns in a fight—that's a pretty good number of takedowns. Against, uh, you got half, and he barely won that fight. Drew thought he won that fight. He, I, I, I remember he, thinking like Brad Riddell's super tough because he took. Your stats are all great, uh, but at the end of the day, I think we can all agree that Fiziev has not been tested by somebody with quality wrestling yet. Yeah, Bobby Green, I wish shot more takedowns, but Bobby Green's also a good striker. Um, I don't know if Brad Riddell will be the guy to do it. Like I said. But you know, you I, know, it's interesting. I want to see him get in a fight where he's got to wrestle, he's got to scramble up. And, dude, we've seen it time and time again. People who are very good strikers, they get. Look at the Glover fight. Glover took down Blokovic and he closed his guard. I mean, you see this time and time. Blokovic has been a fighter for a long time. Like, closing your guard when you're on the ground is, is not a recipe. To win, and I'm just I just what? want to see how he reacts. What does that what have to do with Brad Riddell and Rafael Fiziev? I'm saying we haven't seen Fiziev in trouble on the ground being taken down. If we were that talking will about show us Fiziev, a lot about him as a fighter. If we were talking about Fiziev versus Clay Guida or somebody who does wrestle, I agree. I would and bet we, so much money on Clay Guida. It wouldn't. Well, I agree. I agree, but it's. It's striker versus striker. Brad, we've seen him wrestle. We've seen Fizzav defend every single takedown. There's too many unknowns. I said it before. This is not I this is not a fight that you would bet. I agree with Jacob hundred percent. Wait for the watch and bet live. If Brad Riddell shoots a takedown, doesn't get it, go Fizzav. If Brad Riddell does get a takedown, okay. All right. Then I'm actually ahead. shocked that this is 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 an even I, I was thinking the Fizzav hype they were gonna make Riddell. Plus one thirty, plus one forty. Uh, I, I think that third round scared the shit out of everyone with um Yeah, probably with Bobby with King Green because Fiziev looked like he was about to just die. I did these let me check the odds right now. I, I made these graphics yesterday. Because that was the one that you guys got screwed on because a judge so screwed. one a judge, judge gave it thirty twenty seven to Fiziev, right? <laughs> we made the perfect bet, plus three and a half on Bobby Green. Yeah, so it's now minus one twelve. Fizayev one hundred eight. Riddell. So basically the same thing. Two tiny points shifted. Left this side, went to that side. So, um, I don't have too much longer left in me. Anything else you guys want to say? Uh, no, I mentioned that the the main card is they put Clay Guida and Leonardo Santos on the main card. Jim Crute and uh, Jamal Hill on the same card. Didn't Jamal Hill? He's the one that broke his arm, right? Yeah. Yes. That, that didn't seem like a hell long ago. Yeah. So and, and Dan and I picked Paul Craig in that fight, and the whole world thought we were idiots. And right. Paul Craig broke that dude's arm. The good old days, back. Angela. Like yeah. literally, his arm was flopping around. When was that fight? How was he fighting? That was right not now? well. Was like, Dan was still here, so that might have been seven years ago. Angela uh, misses me so much that he's that angry. Was in June, July, August, September, October, November, December. That was five months ago. He had his arm just flopping around the octagon. That's crazy. That was Dan's last pick. You got to imagine that. You got to be at least eight weeks to right. heal and then back into training. What are the I, that fight? It's, it's, he's way, way too soon. Yeah. What are the other that fight? Hold on. 
So are we doing a full breakdown on Tuesday, boys? He's plus 155. Jimmy's minus 180. Hmm. Oh, Craig, yeah. We won a lot of money on that too, Joe T. I I imagine DraftKings is going to drop tomorrow or so. If if UFC finalized the card, DraftKings should drop. So we might be able to put out a DraftKings video sooner. And we need to talk about um, Cheyenne, formerly Bayes. No longer base. Uh oh. Very interesting. I think she doesn't even from I have other intel from my friend that says that she doesn't even follow JP on Instagram anymore. Is that um, why you're dressed so I nice did, Dan, I did reach out on Twitter. I've I've had some communication on her with her from Twitter. It's one sided right now, but we're hoping that she comes through. Um and hopefully we'll get her on for the uh for an interview. So Dan, are you working your contacts? I'm working mine. Hey, keen fight card. Yikes. Yeah, so hey, Jimmy Cruz on the main card. Clay Guida's on the main card. So two of these fights we broke down are not on the main card. Clay Guida deserves to be on the main card. That guy's an absolute 100%. rock star. 100%. Oh, yeah, Leandro Santos. He's fighting. We broke that down. Leandro Santos like looked phenomenal in his last fight, didn't he? He's 41 years old. And with a wild he's win. Just a, he's just a jujitsu guy, right? But he's a minus one ninety. Yeah, against Clay Guida, I did I did send the text. Clay Guida's got like ten submission law. I think he's got like twenty some losses. I think ten of them are like submission losses. And and Santos is like no joke on the ground. That's right. Santos hadn't lost a fight in like eleven years, and then Grant Dawson just knocked him out. And he's Leonardo old. Santos, yes, is the guy who came back. He looked good, and then he, but he's he's he gasses hard, right? He's old as shit. I gotta yes, go back. Yeah, Grant Dawson knocked him out with him. With oh my god, I remember that with like a one second left. It right, said, literally one uh, second left. Yep. Yeah, four fifty nine yeah. of the third round. Now, I, and he was losing. He was he potentially was going to lose that fight too. That was his first loss since two thousand nine. Yeah, it was a it was a wild streak he had going there. So, well, Dude, we'll break I'm, it all I'm, down on Tuesday. Clay Guida is plus heavy plus money on that. I'm telling you, he might be another lock of the week. I'm taking Clay Guida on that all day. Another guy. He doesn't need to go to the ground. His his striking uh, against Michael Johnson looked solid. I mean, he wrestled a lot, but he dude, he was he stood in the pocket. He landed some exchanges, and Michael Johnson, I think, was ready for that fight. And, and he Clay lost Guida that split decision good. versus Mark Madsen, but he looked. I thought he looked good in that fight too, because Mark Madsen was supposed to be a killer, and I think he had Mark in trouble. Right? Didn't Mark like gas and stuff? He couldn't get the takedowns. Dude, if, if, um, if no. doesn't get some sort of sub in the first round or second, first half of the second round, I think it's the Clay Weeder show all day after that. He could get subbed, but I don't know. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna win that fight. Yeah, well, we'll right. have to do some research and take it down. Yeah, that was a split decision against Mark Madsen. So, right. um, all right. Well, it's ten o'clock my time. You must be tired, Danny boy. Anything else you people want to add? Nobody's working tomorrow. We can go all night. Yeah, what's the rush? It's bedtime, guys. Oh, okay. Wow, grow up. We finally yeah. have Dan here, and you just want to cut it off. That's crazy. Well, I mean, this is... He's, he's, he's making sure that your your timer doesn't go up. He's trying to keep the timer down. <laughs> right, right. You got, you got to limit it. All right, go ahead. What, what do you want to talk about, guys? Go ahead, Dan. What, 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 go ahead. Well, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to kind of dig into... Joe's comment about uh, why they split is kind of interesting to me. I'd like to understand. It doesn't sound like Did it's he a good say why. 
He said that it's not a good reason. Maybe somebody cheated on somebody. If she got cheated on, that's a quick rebound for me. There's no way I'm a nice she got. Guy. This is, where, this is where she comes in right after and brings food to Jacob too <laughs> from the other room. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody, by the way. Um, happy Thanksgiting. Joe T, you doing a uh, uh, big DraftKings tournament this weekend or next weekend? Sorry. I've been, I've been playing around with that uh, multi-entry uh, in the big tournament. Let's go. And- and Joe, you can't tease this nonsense. If you heard something, say what you heard, dude. Come on, man. You yeah, don't have to say from here. who. Just say what you heard. Yeah. It's because JP Bay's oh M Bay said it's because JP keeps losing. Yikes. Ouch. Ouch. I was gonna say. Hey, if she fun. hey, listen, that actually works out good because if she only likes winners, there's no way to win more than me. Right? I just stay winning. So if she wants to be with a winner, here I am. Yeah, no. Being like an MMA fighter and your wife is an MMA fighter and you lost, she won. She's like, listen, I got to be honest. Like, (laughs) I just, I didn't sign up to marry a loser. And like, it would be, that would just be brutal. There you go. Post it. Yeah, I'll tell you what, if I, if I was with Cheyenne, I would also have an addiction, and it would just be to loving her. Cheyenne, oh, I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I, I would, I would I just be breaking this like, it, like an insider. I won't go into full details. I know, like it's his cousin. <laughs> I will appreciate it, Joe. Uh, um, full, he had some kind of bad addiction he couldn't get off of. Try to tell him to get help, and he want help. Hey. Who knows, but he was There's a crackhead. He looked great in his last fight up until he didn't, honestly. So, good for him. Um, all right, guys. We'll, we'll be back for a full – I mean, it might be a 14-fight breakdown. Hopefully not, honestly. Those are hard. But it might be a 14-fight breakdown. You know what else is hard? What, Dan, oh, what, Jacob? What's hard? What's up? No, no, no guys. I mean, what they're they're training. Training. there's some really uh, close – There's some really the close Bay's training. family. By the way, because they both train at the same place, right? It's got to be awkward. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure they parted ways, and she's now probably the moneymaker. So, Ariva Derch, JP, Ariva Derch. Um, he's South African. Is she too? I don't know. That's I don't great know. Let's, let's, let's find it out. Let's look uh, at her research, man. Look at her research. Uh, does she have a, a wiki page here? Oh, she does. Born in St. Petersburg, Florida. Here we go. This is interesting. Oh, MBA's calling you out. What about what about Amanda Hebas? I was gonna say the same thing. You know, you move on pretty quickly, Jacob. Well, I've reached I've reached out to Amanda multiple times on multiple. She's sending you a video. She's waiting to hear from you. Well, I've uh, Dan. I don't think she is because I've been trying. Trust me, I've been. I've sent her videos. I mean, I've Jake, I don't want to give you advice with women, but like you know, you can't just do the internet. You got to come to Florida, show up at the gym with flowers, and you know, I, I think, think that's how. Been, uh, you I don't think she's Honestly, that'd be some solid content, Jacob. Following she's you, following you from the car through the front door. She's in Brazil. Through the all the flowers. She's in the in Brazil, and I would get destroyed in Brazil. They would kidnap me. <laughs> you look like you could pass for a Brazilian. Yeah, it, it, nope, he is. Cheetah print. <laughs> I blend in. Throw me in the yeah, Amazon. I'm good to go. You and Paulo Costa, same shirt. There you go. Same physique too. Honestly, 
Similar. You should, Jacob. Jacob, you should come down here to ATT. I swear I won't tell a soul. And we'll just film you walking in trying to be like, hey, I'm here to uh, talk to Amanda. She sent me a message and uh, she knows I'm coming and just see what happens. She would instantly act like she did not know any English because she knows a little bit of English. She'd be like, I don't know. Dude, that you wouldn't need, you wouldn't get past the front door, but that's what I want to see. I just want to see. <laughs> Who mans the front door? Is it Puma? Uh, depending on the time of the day, it could be very funny, depending on who was there. <laughs> it could be very funny. Because it's oh not over the Shia, yet, When right? she was 17, she got expelled from high school for fighting. Ooh. So her family decided to let her start training full-time. There you go. Well, and Bay's got a good question. What do you think about a hooker moving down to 145? He looked good. That's The crazy part was, when because I watched the video of him stepping on the scale – uh, and making that that practice weight and stuff and he was like thumbs up didn't look like obviously he was sucked out but he didn't look like like the, the craziest like weight cut to me like connor going down to 145 was like skeleton and he's a bigger dude than connor and didn't look half bad at all so it might work out for him he needs to do something because he can't hang in at 155 with even top 15 at this point so he's got to do something so might as well. My my first thought, and and I got to dig into a little bit, but is the speed, the one forty five ers man. There's a speed difference that I think is going to be a problem for him. Like he might be bigger and stronger, and that was like the old school way. Like, oh, let's cut more weight. We'll be bigger and stronger. Yeah. But when you're in the lower weights, man, the quickness and the speed. And it's, it's not like he has overwhelming power. Matter. He's not like a huge power guy. So it's not I like he's going to transfer his power down and just start knocking people out because he wasn't knocking people out before, really. Right, he's a long rangey fighter who's good and tough, but those guys, man, their footwork, they're in, they're out. You know, I don't know. We'll see. I, I personally, at first glance, don't think it's a good move, but I get why he's doing it because he's kind of hit a dead end a little bit. But he ha he literally has to if he's gonna. Otherwise, he'll turn in the cowboy and lose a whole bunch, and then what? Because he's willing to fight. And it's almost a problem when you achieve some success because then you're stuck fighting that level of competition, and he right. just can't hang. Not I don't now. know his true weight. Like he may, he may have his whole career been like, oh, it's, it'll be easy for me to make 145. But if he's stretching it, like I, I, I don't think the uh, benefit outweighs the risk. But you got to figure, like, if he was a bigger 155, he'd be like, all right, let's go up to 170. That's the easy. I feel like those guys end up doing better when they move up, right? Like. Yeah, but like Darren Till, he moved up, you know, to one, you know, to one eighty five, and just started destroying everybody. Well, and maybe Chris Curtis, obviously different weight classes, bigger jump, but dude went up to one eighty five. You know what's you know what's funny power? about speaking about speaking about Darren Till? This is a dude, what is in Chris Curtis's? Um, I'm probably actually going to say something. What's up with his cheek? Is that there's some? He's got something going on. I have no idea. Um, I don't know. I was going to make a joke, and then I realized like he might actually have some. So yeah, no, I think it's just like a weird angle, and just the way he's got his. Uh, yeah. You know, oh my God, Josh Locks. Send him. Look, the he's got another gif of uh, Angelo there. You see that, Dan? Oh, look at this, Josh. Appreciate it. Twenty bucks from Josh. Josh, you the man, bro. Look, it Appreciate says Angelo sliding on the floor on his knees, saying "Goal." There's Angelo. Pair with character on. sliding. On his... Look at that. I'm pair character. Yeah. That, you right. tell me that doesn't look like you, Dan. Doesn't that doesn't look like Angelo right there? I'm delicious. Did you just say that I wrote sheesh? Yeah. Did you not sheesh. write sheesh? No. 
Okay. Dan is just learning how to use his computer today. I don't even, I mean, I don't even think I typed uh, what. Well, you think you just typed, Josh, thank you very much. That's your second one this show. Appreciate it very, very much. Josh, you're the man. Jamie, I mean, you think your computer just wrote that for you? What's your theory on how yeah, she's going on? Here, I don't know. What do we Maybe think? I wrote something else and it autocorrected to sheesh. Your computer was like, Jesus, Dan. And then it just, Hold on, I got the iPad here. I got the computer. I got the screens. Here. I got the full setup, Angela. All right, I'm high tech over here. Nobody, nobody works harder or cares more than Dan. What'd you guys say about uh, Brendan Allen? Other than minus three forty is ridiculous. I hope you said that. No, no. I'll tell you what Angela said. He said this is an easy fight for Brendan Allen. Yep. Yeah. But you're gonna bet minus three forty. That's what I said. Nope. So I said. So this. Tell me. Tell me. This isn't the the perfect situation, Dan. He said that Brendan Allen. Is it, this is an easy, easy fight for him? So I said, listen, you've had this great money line streak. You think this is an easy fight for Brendan Allen? So why don't you put all the money where your mouth is, put the streak on the line, and make one bet this week That's and stupid. make it Brendan Allen? That's what you do, which is why you don't have a streak. I have a streak. I am on a one streak. Pat Sabatini. No, We're if streaking. you total up all the bets from last weekend. We're streaking. <laughs> no. What but I do think he dominates. Maybe I'll parlay him with somebody. Maybe I pray I'll to God him. you put him in a parlay if you think it's an easy fight. I pray I to God you check out the rest of the card. Maybe I him and Chris Curtis, my lock of the week right now, just to spite you. That only spites who, who you. Who was fighting before this? To you. What? Chris Curtis. Chris Curtis is is a replacement now. Yes. Who was he fighting before this? I saw it pop up, and I remember thinking like, eh. I'll figure it out. Here we go. We'll, we'll, we'll dive in. It's uh, it was supposed to be oh Roman Delidze. That's an interesting fight. fight. It's a much different fight. And then he was supposed different. to fight Brad. Uh, I, well, I guess the original one was Brad Tavares. Yeah, I was gonna say because Roman's short notice too because he has COVID. He was supposed to fight last weekend. Right. So Brad, Brad Tavares is Brad Tavares. Too. Yeah. So a few a few opponent changes. Brendan Allen minus three forty plus. I gotta, I gotta do, I gotta do a little more tape on Chris Curtis. What do you guys say about what Chris Curtis is a blue blood boxer with horrible takedown defense? Horrible. Okay. And so Allen Brendan Allen doesn't Brendan Allen has thought he's a boxer lately. A, a couple of fights didn't work out well for him, but I'm sure he's probably gonna wrestle in this fight. Well, he. Now you say it didn't work out for him. His last two fights, he literally won with his boxing. Even I'm though talking about. Sorry, I'm talking about one specific fight where he got his face yes. broken by uh, yeah, Sean Strickland. Yes. 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 When he there was which will happen again. And Sean Strickland is, is, and is very good, but Pablo, thanks for the subscription. Chris Curtis um, is a better boxer than Sean Strickland. I said it. All right. Well, Chris Curtis, we talked about it, was losing to Phil Hawes before he caught him. Was losing that fight. He was losing that round, and then he caught him. He's got power. He's got nice short shots that are heavy. Brendan Allen's a technical striker. He's not going to play the Phil Hawes game. He can stay on the outside with the striking or get takedown. So Brendan Allen wins this fight, period. He should. Well, Brendan Allen's a technical striker. He's, he's an all right striker, but um, he's just a tough dude. He'll, he'll grind you out no matter where he needs to go. I got, I'll do some I got to do some tape on Chris Curtis, but plus 275. I don't know. He's got he's no got takedown legit, defense. He's got, he's got I would do power. this. Here's here's the bet. He's got, pair, he, he's got I like Chris Curtis as a as a striker. I, I watched him. He's terrible takedown defense. 
that's the problem. Yeah, Even against, yeah. and we mentioned against that, that Phil Hawes fight. Phil Hawes could have got to take down whatever he wanted. He was in on the leg, grabbing the back of the knee. I think he even grabbed an ankle at one point and, here's, and just let it go. Here's the bet for you, and then I really do have to go. Chris Curtis, inside the distance, decision, no action. That's the bet. He's tough as hell. He's really hard to put away, and, but he has real power in his hands. So maybe he puts Brendan Allen out. But he's taking it short notice. He's no, got no takedown defense. Brendan right. Allen can take him down, smash right. him, or submit, submit him. him. He'll say, okay. if, he gets, if he takes Chris Curtis down, he's going to submit him. Magomed, Magomed Karimov couldn't submit him. Took him down a million times. Bilal Muhammad couldn't submit him. Well, there's a million Brendan people. Allen's a different level than those guys on the ground. Man, <laughs> I, I don't know. And Brandon Allen has Bilal attempted Muhammad to do it. very good. Yes. Wait, what and are you Brandon talking Allen about? Is... He didn't fight any of those guys. Oh, he, he did. Okay, okay. No. Okay. Oh, Sorry. oh, I was looking at a different Chris. Yeah, fuck. I mean, seven years ago, eight years ago. It's, okay. Oh, and he definitely hasn't gotten better since that. All right. Roman or short notice, too. What did you say for the next fight? Oh, my God. Uh, we said Alex Morono beats Mickey Gall. Mickey Gall is standing. Oh, there was another one, right? There was another one before that. No, or? That's it. William that's Knight one. He didn't do William. William Knight. There it is, Jacob. How are you feeling right now? Daylight, dollar short, Dan. We've been. I feel shows. like this fight. We did this fight before. I'm, I'm, I'm remembering a video. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, you, you missed it earlier, Dan. We already went through all about about their. Oh, physique. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, no, it's fine. You know, later tonight, I'm gonna do so much research on these guys. <laughs> <laughs> so much research. I legit have Again? to go. We're two, we're two hours into this. We will do our full. I just call. love making Angelo feel uncomfortable just by trying to extend this. Listen, Listen man. He, I mean, he's the one that was like begged you to be on, and now he's trying to cut you short. So I don't know. It's very interesting. Very interesting. Couldn't get a link in you the chat, you know, mixing it up. Couldn't get a link. Now we're ending short. It's all good. I was up till one o'clock in the morning arguing with one of you morons. So I'm tired. I can't there believe you would call you a moron, Jacob. That's messed up. Embe <laughs> is on, on point with all of her. Embe, you must be rich off of betting because you have the best points. Bilal sucks, question mark. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, thank you all Definitely very, very much. This was a ton of fun. The live chat, as always was fantastic. We're only we're doing subscriber only live chats from now on. We we are at the size now where if you want to interact it's the and, click a, of and, a, and eventually oh. eventually it'll move to member only. Yeah, oh not yet. God. I'm not that greedy, not yet. Disagree with all of the guys. Should all be free. Yes, subscriber well, is, is free. free Dan. So. Okay, Dan. Welcome to the internet. Yeah, it Dan, should be free. To, it, free. You, should, you should be able to watch however you want to watch. That's my thoughts. Okay, it doesn't change how you watch grandpa. <laughs> Do me a favor, get yourself some tea, sit down in your high your beautiful chair there. What if they don't want to subscribe, but they want to watch? They can't watch, no? Yeah, you, anyone you can, can watch. watch. Oh, my God, Dan. Have you ever been on YouTube before? If they want to be in the live chat, but they don't want to subscribe, they can't do it? Why? No. Why wouldn't you subscribe? You're watching our content. You're benefiting from our knowledge. You can't click a button? Come on. Come I on. Just, it's a button. I just like the more subtle approach, but, hey, it's all good. You know what you're talking about. Cost nothing. <laughs> Dan, legit thanks for hopping on. Appreciate it. Hopefully, um, you know. Love you guys. Angelo, I'm going to beat you up in wrestling. Again. Submission wrestling, whatever you want to do. We can do. Uh, oh, I have so add, much pent up. We can add slaps, Dan, too, if you, you want. 
Keep poking Ooh. the bear. I have so much pent up nonsense. Bear, uh, bear. Oh, you, oh here's a fat joke. Eat a bear for lunch. Uh, we, oh, we're looking more like a walrus. Here's a little fat. There it is. Congratulations. Well done. Well oh, done. That's what you wrote in the chat. I was like, really? Oh, I thought so. Yeah, it's like somebody wrote that in the chat. They are bad. Dan, Jacob, bad. <laughs> uh, anyway, honestly, thank you all very much. Jacob, as always, every single week, just putting in the time, really showing your value, your worth, just putting it in, just being here, a man of your word, solid insight, never miss a show. I really can't say enough. I never you. missed a pick. Dan, thank you for the guest. Never missed a pick, too. Jacob is, is, on, or is right about that. Undefeated, undisputed. Thank you for the guest appearance, Dan. It's always nice having strangers on every now and then and getting to know people. Nice to meet you, Dan. It's great to meet <laughs> nice, you. Nice to meet you. Hey, Jacob, nice to meet you. I like your sweater. <laughs> thank you. It's Gucci. You can't afford hey, it. Love you guys for real. And on the text message, we'll get back to business. All right. Well, no joke. Appreciate it. Everybody who joined the chat, appreciate it. You guys, awesome. You enjoy your Thanksgiving tomorrow. I'll enjoy mine Friday, and we'll sync up next week. See ya. Angelo's does unboxing day. He's Canadian. <laughs> That's the day after Christmas, you muppet. Whatever.